from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. The meal was good. Toward the end, staring at the two of them, I found myself wishing I had not come and did not know about them. I didn't want to know, didn't want to think about it. Hey, welcome to the podcast. The podcast, which is named, for Christ's sake, I'm Hunter Review. Salt and vinegar chips. Hey. What do you have? Coffee, apple, I got mm-hmm. gimlets. Uh, we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're discussing Michael Crichton. Apple. <laughs> I said apple. I think. Did you? Maybe. Who cares? Um, what we got on the docket this week, Governor? Um, well. What happened last time? Well. Well. Uh, Barry had a meeting with Peter Randall at his house. He discovered that Peter Randall was having an affair with Mrs. Randall. Hmm. And that Mrs. Randall named Arthur Lee as the abortionist. Um, basically to protect Peter Randall, who is also an abortionist and had also previously given Karen but Randall abortion. Neither of whom are the abortionist. Well, yeah, if, the, if there is an abortionist who is ultimately responsible. Um, and if we can take Peter Randall at his word, then... Um, He's not the one. But anyway, despite um, them knowing that Arthur Lee is innocent, they can't convince J.D. Randall to drop the charges. Because yeah, he needs to say affairs. So what the fuck happens in this chapter? Let's have a look. Did anything happen? I don't think so. Let's just move on. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of things I wanted to, to mention, actually. Uh, <laughs> here, we get a long segment with... Uh, with uh, Peter. Hey, we with, should do a, a, a Crichton Havoc and Let Slip with the kid and, and, <laughs> I thought, and I thought the same. I thought the same thing when I was reading it, but I don't want to do it. No, we got to do it. <laughs> and even Fine. before we get to that, I want to enter into a segment of For Crying Out Loud. Before? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, let's hear it. It does, it does lead right up to this scene. Um, but I just wanted to highlight the passage. Uh, hang on, I'll just... Pause briefly so we can hear the theme song again. <coughs> Is Ratman proud? Come on, let's hear it right about now. For crying out loud. I just wanted to highlight the passage uh, in which Barry says, and I quote, I am not good with words. Do you reckon that's... Um, an attempt by Michael Crichton to excuse the the flimsy quality of the prose up until this point. It's a Maoist uh, 
to malice self-criticism. It's it's especially jarring given that it follows um, a, a memorable sequence at a party in which he plays an, a word game with a friend of his and it's something that they do regularly. Like, they both like word, word puzzles. So it's, it's kind of odd. Especially because he's like, it's, I'm not good with words and it's weird that my son is... It does word games. Like, you do word games, you fucking idiot. It's almost, it's you almost do like Mike didn't put much thought or time into writing a <laughs> shitty book. <laughs> anyway, this this section immediately um, leads up to a dialogue exchange between uh, little Johnny Boy, Barry Jun- Jr., and uh, Barry Sr. about ab- abortion. <laughs> And who would like to take the role of Barry? And who would like to take? I don't. The role I don't want to do this. Of uh, Johnny, you should be the kid. Okay. All right. Anyway, this is uh, for Crichton Havoc and Let's Sleep. Let's hear the theme song. Daddy, what's an abortionist mean? Why? One of the policemen said that Uncle Art was an abortionist. Is that bad? What What are you ruffling around with? My chip bag. Jeez, man. Give it a rest. You little brat. Shouldn't you be fucking reading? Do you want to say that again? From the top. Daddy, what's an abortionist mean? <laughs> <laughs> Why? One of the places said Uncle R was divorced is that bad? Sometimes. I said. He leaned against my knee, propping his chin on it. He has large brown eyes. Judas eyes. Well, what's it mean, Daddy? <laughs> it's complicated. I said, stalling for time. Does it mean a kind of doctor I could draw with <laughs> Yes, I said. But an abortionist does other things. I hoisted him up on my knee, feeling the weight of his body. He was getting heavy growing up. Judas was saying it was time for another. It has to do with babies, I said. Like obstetrician? Obstetrician, I said. Obstetrician? Yes. He takes the baby out of the mommy. Yes, I said. But it is different. Sometimes the baby isn't normal. Sometimes it is born so it can't talk. Babies can't talk. He said. Until later. Yes, I said. But sometimes it is born without arms or legs. Sometimes it is deformed. So a doctor stops the baby and takes it away early. Before it's grown up? Yes, before it's grown up! Was I taken away early? No! I said and hugged him. Are you done or do you have to keep going? Keep going. Why do some babies have no arms or legs? <laughs> it's an accident! I said. A mistake! He stretched out his hands and looked at it. No. He stretched out his hand and looked at it, flexing the fingers. 
Arms are nice. He said. Yes! But everybody has arms. Not everybody! Keep going. Keep going. Everybody that I know. Yes, I said. But sometimes people are bored without them. How do they play catch with no arms? They can't! I don't like that. He said. He looked at his hand again, closing his fingers, watching them. Why do you have arms? <laughs> he asked. Because! It was too big a question for me. Because what? Because inside your body there is a code. What's a code? It's instructions. It tells the body how it is going to grow. A code? It's like a set of instructions, a plan. Oh. He thought about this. It's like your erector set. You look at the pictures and you make what you see. That's a plan. Oh. I couldn't tell if he understood or not. He considered what I had said and looked at me. Jesus Christ, man. Where are you? If you what are you doing? If you take the baby out of mommy, what happens to it? It goes away. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> Where? Away, I said, not wanting to explain further. Are we done yet? No. We'd be done oh. a lot sooner if you didn't, like, pause for half an hour between every exchange. Oh. He said. He climbed down off my knee. Is Uncle Art prod, really... Prod, prod. <laughs> Alright, I won't say it. You want, to, you want me to have to say it? Go. Is Uncle Art really an abortionist? No! I said. I knew I had to tell him that. Otherwise, I would get a call from his kindergarten teacher about his uncle, the abortionist. But I felt badly all the same. Good. He said... I'm glad. And he walked off. And... Scene. Hey, what else happens to this fucking chapter? Nothing trivia. No, no, he, they, he goes to the club. Get a Down little bit the of club, a... playing my song. Blah, he gets blah, 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 blah. a nice uh, racist Not in my head like, yeah. <laughs> Not in my head like, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a party in the USA. We get some cool racism. Oh, is this where he goes to the club and meets Roman? Yeah, it's a long chapter, dude. You're like, oh, these three chapters will be ever so quickly. This one's really long. <laughs> the next one's short. That's true. I mean, that's one in three. Yeah, there is some weird ra racist stuff in this. This feels like a, a tired, like, pimp character. No. Pretty, pretty gross. The, the dude who turned out to be in a band who was affiliated with Karen somehow... Um, he'd forgotten about him up until this point. He remembers him. He goes down to the bar where his rock band plays. Yeah, the Zephyrs. The Zephyrs. And basically Barry is pretending to buy drugs from him. And then it's like, I'm not... I'm not. There's like a really strange passage where 
he talks about the good old... He, he doesn't say the good old days, but he almost says the good old days when... This isn't the word he uses again, but African-Americans were sort of amusing, not people at all, just a musical sideshow. The days when white boys could go to the Apollo in Harlem, the old days. The good is kind of implied. <laughs> yeah, that was, was weird. It was weird, yeah. So um, he pretends that he wants to buy some drugs off Roman Jones. And then he sort of um, interrogates him about uh, Karen and such. Roman's real suspicious and shit. Waves off his questions. And um, then he sort of leaves and comes back and notices Roman um, going to a payphone and, and talking on it. He's like, uh, I knew something was up. That's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Trivia. Is Debbie? Is that even mentioned? I don't know. Uh, three. Correct. Wow, I, I totally guessed that. <laughs> well, speaking of age, what age does Barry estimate Roman Jones? Oh, that's the next. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's the next chapter. Well, I know the answer. <laughs> you can't answer that now. Oh, this is actually. Well, do you have a backup question? question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. I was just looking at the wrong, uh, oh, like, okay. uh, segment. I was looking at the one for the next chapter. <laughs> Some wishful thinking, like I said. Okay. After Barry's meeting with Peter and Evelyn concludes, who's the first person he thinks about getting into contact with? Um. Norton? Nope. The correct answer is, uh, Zinner. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> Um, all right, whatever the fuck. What time does Barry leave to go to the bar? Eight o'clock? Nine o'clock. Which advanced word does Johnny ask his father the definition of previous to the events of the novel? Cunt. Hunt? Cunt. <laughs> Cunt? Well, I'm hmm. afraid that's not correct. <laughs> you. Damn. The correct answer is echadizist. Echadizist. Well, if you can't say it, how was I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. We have a softball one for the next one, so. How many bags of the good stuff does Barry ask from Roman? The 15? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is the name of Barry's daughter? <laughs> Debbie. 
Debbie Berry. Isn't that a great name? Is it Debbie with an I E or Debbie with a Y? Debbie with a Y. Oddly. What's her middle name? Debbie does Berry. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. And good luck. Oh.